As entrepreneurs, we are running hard to make a huge difference. And I gotta tell you, having a few people who've run in front of us and who have made a big difference, giving us a little counsel is invaluable. I have a remarkable entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. He's, he's actually a reformed attorney, corporate and tax. And, you know, and why he's reformed is he's built a number of businesses, three of them in the eight figures. He is really truly a serial entrepreneur who knows how to be exceptionally productive and accountable. You want to definitely hear the insights Vinny's going to be sharing with us. So stay tuned. I'm John Bowen, and we're at AES Nation, all about accelerating your success even more. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Vinny, I tell you, I am so excited to have you. Uh, you are a high-energy serial entrepreneur, making a big difference, helping a lot of fellow entrepreneurs. So first of all, thank you for joining us here at AES Nation. Oh, John, thanks for having me today. High energy definitely would uh, be one of the things I'm accused of a lot. Well, and it, and it takes that to, to really do life, and, um, and you have. And uh, we met at Joe Polish's Genius Network Mastermind Group. Uh, you were kind enough to share a 10-minute talk, uh, 10X talk. And it was just, it was really powerful because I know I'm a financial guy and uh, you have a strong financial uh, background and uh, helping businesses. But before I get there, I want to go a little background because, I mean, you, you have so many life lessons you shared with us in that 10 minutes and then you and I on side conversations. You know, tell me how you got to kind of where you are today. So we have a little background. Wow, big, big, big one, right? So I, uh, I'm a father of four children, married for 20 plus years to my wife. Uh, come from a very broken background. And I suspect that really tells a lot of the story as to why I'm such a tenacious scrambler, because I, I made some decisions in my life. I didn't want certain things that I uh, would have had. Uh, I'm a lawyer uh, by training, a corporate and tax lawyer, was trained in one of those big fancy firms. And I broke away from that uh, because I had a greater desire to uh, do certain things in the world that allowed me to open businesses and change people's lives. And so that's what got me here, is uh, a guy who uh, comes from the other side of the tracks, who uh, made some very conscious decisions and then literally has doubled down on the blessings that I've been given. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that, Vinny, we all have to be, is be just so appreciative and grateful for the privilege to be, you know, and do what we do. And and one of the things that you, you speak very strongly about is this, the whole concept as an entrepreneur, I mean, we're, you know, in the introduction, I'm saying we're running real hard and all this. And one of the mistakes that you said that you made uh, early, and, and I got to say, I, this is one that I shared with you. And uh, it's a game changer when you make the change. And this is seeking uh, mentorship or 
counsel earlier. Uh, and uh, it's not only when we're young, it's at every stage of our businesses. This is so invaluable. But how did you arrive at this conclusion? And then more importantly, how can our fellow entrepreneurs really take advantage of this? You know, it was a low point for me, John. I mean, I want to make sure the premise is clear. I believe that we need to be surrounded with um, men of character that we strive to want to be. There, there's already a, a bigger, perfect vision of the life we're supposed to be leading, and we get caught up in our own mess. Well, for me, it was literally breaking out of a cycle of behavior that I would have been modeled. And so I learned to just trust myself and do it on my own. And then when I, I started getting and gaining validation by successes. And so I, I quickly wanted to, and I didn't even realize this, John, I was just doing it on my own. And this idea that I'd have to point down in the crowd and point to you and three other guys and say, there's the reason I'm successful, never occurred to me. And then in one of my low moments, um, when I wasn't sure we were gonna make payroll in our company, uh, I, I, I wasn't sure who to call. I actually yeah. didn't even know who to call. And, and I'm, at that point, I had already sold one eight-figure business. And I thought, what shame is this that I'm sitting here almost emasculated and don't know what to do? And I literally prayed about it. And what, what I realized is that the, what, the, the most wisdom ever on this earth was a guy, Solomon. And what, what jumped out at me was a verse that said he was serviced by a multitude of counselors. And it, it was like I had never read those words before. And since that day, I, depending on the issue, you know, I don't, I don't do goat herding, so I don't need to speak to a goat herder. But if I want to speak to some financial expertise, I'm going to call you, John. Yeah. If I want to speak to somebody about how to accelerate customer service, then I'm going to call someone who claims to be that expert. And I would say take this another step farther. You know, Bill Gates and, and Steve Jobs did this. They were like mentors to each other in competition. You know, people don't realize that they met weekly and they were competitors in business. And so I don't think we draw enough close to the men who are trying to strive to do some of the similar things we do and draft off of each other. Uh, and then, you know what? Uh, one of my closest friends is a pastor. So when I biff in my marriage, which is about every hour, you know, I pick up the phone and call him or, you know, our life should be, uh, we should be running alongside and chasing uh men who can help us not have to figure it out. No, I think this is so important. I mean, I, I have, uh, I mean, one of the reasons you and I know each other, we, yeah. we may not have run into each other is we were very conscious about it. We were in a mastermind group so that we meet people we wouldn't necessarily yeah. meet. And I'm in four different mastermind groups. I have the, you know, uh, the advisory board and, uh, you know, I get on the phone and I was thinking, you know, the, behind the scenes, people don't know. I mean, Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates were extreme competitors, but they did uh, have counsel. And then when Steve came back and they needed money where Apple might not have really made their payroll, Microsoft, Bill Gates gave him the money. And I can still remember I'm in Silicon Valley where Bill Gates came up on this big screen and little Steve Jobs is having the conversation where Steve Jobs is so good at presentations and uh, you know, everybody's booing that Bill Gates is coming on and Steve is explaining why Bill is giving him money to get this going. Okay, you know, it was paid back quickly. Apple's done okay since then. You know, the power of mentoring. 
and having somebody that's walked the path before you. I mean, today's electronic communication, we're all tied together. Jeez, I, to me, this is one of the most important things. I, I, I'm going to go one more. I, I started a, a small mutual fund company, and I've always been in financial services, really didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, I, I went to the big law firms and, you know, the, yeah. the, you know, the custodian groups and, you know, they're telling me what I needed to do. And then I, I called one of my buddies uh, who I had good fortune to grow up with, who's a billionaire, who's got now one of the largest mutual fund companies in the world. And I go, David, would you be willing to help me for a year beyond the mutual fund board? And he goes, you know, John, I will. And, you know, it was a big favor because we were a small player and he flew up quarterly for the meeting. And I had this table of all of these experts, but David would call me before and this is what you should be doing in the meeting. You know, he and I could have a 15 minute conversation and it was done and it was very successful, sold it for an awful lot of money. And, you know, it's just having the right counsel at the right time just cuts through it. But one, one of the things I want to talk about with you, Vinny, because you are a high energy guy and, you know, many of us as entrepreneurs have ADD and we're all over the place. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned to me is speed kills. Now, yeah. I used to be a pilot in the Navy. I know about speed. I love racing cars and all this stuff. And I'm thinking that, but I, I think you have a different distinction on speed kills. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll joke around the office and say, um, we don't need another Vinny. You know, I have enough vision for a blind village. And so the last thing we need is another me. And one of the things that I discovered over time, and I started this journey with a, a, a lawyer, interestingly, his name was John, who was a mentor to me in some respects, who would always come back and tell me, Vinny, you're bright, don't go so fast. And sit and think about um, your, your initial reaction and, and test it. And so years later in business, it occurred to me, so I, I, I'm sitting here with you now, I, I carry a little black book, everything I do, notes. I used to come back from a wonderful mastermind or a meeting or anything, and I'd, I'd think of 10 ideas, and I'd pull three or four key people in the office together, and I'd start brain dumping my ideas to everybody. Well, everyone in the office would be like, kind of freaked out. They didn't know if they had a new job, they didn't know what we were doing. They didn't have the maturity or wherewithal, at least I arrogantly thought, to kind of know we're just in thinking mode. And so one day I realized that the only thing I need to do is start writing down my ideas. And I had to start validating them to myself before I could start presenting them to either my advisory board or to our executive team. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned about with speed killing is I could be too quick to jettison an idea, uh, either in a good or bad direction, um, because I haven't actually taken the time to test it through the fire. And that's Really, the, when I think about speed kills, it's take my idea and quick to initiative. Um, you know, the funny thing is when you're the leader with the vision, you uh, a lot of times have the burden of being right a lot. And that sounds like a shocker, right? We have to make a lot of decisions. And without leadership, uh, the people will perish. So that's my job. And so since I do that all the time, uh, I get caught up in this, we'll just run after my idea because at least 60 to 70% of the time, I'm right. So let's just go with it. What I learned is when I was 30 to 40% wrong, it hurt, and it hurt really bad for our companies. And so I've learned to um, not be so quick to run after my newest and greatest dream. I just woke up and took a shower. About. Yeah, no, this is so important. I mean, I, I do a little of the same, Vinny, and the, my teammates would, 
you know, after a meeting <laughs> that, you know, you're a mastermind group and I'm taking all my notes and so on. I come back and, uh, you know, I'm all excited and we're going to change. We're going to do this. And, you know, most people don't like change. Uh, you know, I mean, they're willing to improve and, you know, kind of redirect. But if you do that and you're, you're involved in a lot of things and you're a creative person like yourself, I mean, you can throw up a lot of stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, and that's, that's really troubling. So, I mean, this is so important to, you know, it, even taking 24 hours. What I do on these meetings mm -hmm. now is I, you know, I'll take the notes and then I'll summarize, you know, the, the, the first day back. And one of the lessons I learned uh, is then I, I, quite honestly, unless it's something I really should do right away, I schedule a time three weeks later. Uh, and I don't even look at it in between to review it because then it's kind of, we've got you know, a different, the, the world is, you know, we're not in the throw of things. And this has just been so invaluable for me because what we do is we don't lose these things along the way. But, you know, you and I and everyone listening and watching this, I mean, as entrepreneurs, you know, you talk about the world as an oyster, uh, yeah. but you know, we live in a world of abundance. There's so many different things. You know, I could go start a hundred companies tomorrow. I mean, you know, ha, ha, 20 with you. yeah, I know. I mean, let's, I, we could, by the end of the podcast, you know, we'll stay on a few minutes after we'll start at least let's be, you know, we'll focus down 10, you know, something, but you know, how do you deal with that as an entrepreneur? Because yeah, you know, when you are really creative, you're visionary and you are, you know, it, it's it's so easy to get excited and boom, 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 and we got a team and oh, we'll just bring them over. Just get this will be just a little easy one to do. Yeah. So the one thing I didn't say to you earlier is I've learned through the I have an MBA in this problem of chasing a lot of things. I think that's a skill set that's actually unique to the entrepreneur. Uh, maybe even different than just a you know, what I would consider a small business owner that mm -hmm. doesn't have an entrepreneurial spirit. I um, uh, I have I, I did a study myself personally watching the most successful men not only in my own life but uh, the pattern of, of uber wealthy people and uber successful not just money be it in 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 accomplishment and they had really one common trait they just did one thing at a time and I, I had to say to myself honestly look how much I'm not so I just surrounded myself with people who helped me in the beginning develop a habit and routine to start saying no. And uh, so I have an advisory board like you. I love that term, by the way. Uh, a board of advisors personal to me who literally know that my weakness is to chase the new shiny thing. And uh, so there, thankfully for, for me, I have people in my life who help me uh, stop saying yes to things and make sure that I do not um, do that. And I'll tell you, I it, it's been huge. And I tell you, it's I still do it every day. I hear an idea, I want to chase it. <laughs> I, I so it's I, I I don't believe that there's a lie out there. We can cure this. This I think this is actually um, a, a part of my life. I think the beauty of that is that I can very quickly uh, assimilate a, a a very hard problem. And, and make it an easier process for somebody else or myself. So I don't think that the plan of the Lord was for me to remove that. I need to protect around it and think about the cracks in the door and, and where the windows open and make sure I don't suddenly drift away. So 
I need that accountability around me uh, to make sure I stay focused on uh, what we we've all decided is the most important. Well, and I, and I, I, I need it as well. Vinny, you're not alone. Uh, this is stuff that is just so important because what happens is, you know, as you have more and more success and you're creative, you got a great team backing, you, you sometimes think you're a little in, invincible and you can do all this. And one of the best lessons I got, and it's really what you're saying is just you know, this whole concept, either it's hell yes or hell no. And, you know, if it's, you know, it's a pretty high bar to be a hell yes, because there's a lot of great ideas that, you know, you know, over, you know, sitting down over a coffee or a glass of wine or whatever, we, you know, you and I go over, boy, that'd be a great business. That'd be a great business. That'd be a great business. And, you know, you could get sidetracked. Well, they're, they're all good ideas, let's say. They may not be, but let's say they are. Um, you know, when we compare it to what we're doing and the focus we have, it's very likely they're not going to be a hell yes. They're going to be yeah, a I'll nice to have. Go yeah, ahead. Funny. I, uh, as part of that, I, 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 have a, I, I like when people say look ahead in your life and what do you want it to be. The way I, that I've been built, I have a very hard time looking ahead five years. I mean, tragedy, death, addition of babies in the family. It's really hard to look ahead. And so I respond very well under more of like a 90-day plan. Mm -hmm. So I even need more accountability because if it sounds good, 90 days from now, let's go for it. And, 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 and I'll tell you, I respect immensely the people that can look a few years out and, and decide what they want and stay on that path. And so I even need a little bit more accountability because my slow drift can happen a lot faster than a guy who's focused at you know, something a little longer in time. So my encouragement to, to your listeners who are out there who have endured this long of just listening to where they are now uh, would be this, you know, find out really where your, where your um, tension point is on vision. If it's more like me and it's a short leash, then you find a way to look what that looks like if you compounded a bunch of those together. It, does that define what you want to be in 24 months? If you're someone who has a long leash, continually ask yourself that question. Or commission someone you trust who's going to tell you the truth. And even if you don't want to hear it, asking that question over and over again. Yeah, it's and I think having, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, kind of a, what you, you talk a lot about, Vinny, is this whole concept of self-awareness. Uh, because, you know, I mean, we're aware of our surroundings, but you know, sometimes we're not aware of ourselves. Uh, yeah. how, how are you using that effectively and how can our fellow entrepreneurs do it? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, the diving into yourself, first off, I believe this. I've not seen any company, let alone thrive, just survive or thrive without building team or knowing the core numbers of their business. Now, let me park that to the side for a second and say, you know, when you when you back up and, and go back to, uh, you know, this premise, like, how have I applied? Like, what, what really what, what you're asking me is like a little bit different question, right? Like how? Well, let me let me, let me I, it's tough, right? I, this is such a passion point of mine, John, that I feel like I gotta take a step back for a second and say it this way. Like, um, you know, if you, if you wanna be defined for something, and, and I know I'm gonna go a little abstract here, your question's a little different. I, I don't think enough of us really look inside of ourselves and find out what truly brings us joy. 
I think happiness is a lie that's a, a tough one. I don't, it's like love. How do you define it? Mm -hmm. Have you seen it or tasted it? It's a very hard thing to define. And so what gives you the most joy in life? Like when you stop and you really feel that satisfaction, we should like, it's like a golf swing. We should remember that feeling. And then we have to find ways to continue to replicate that. Well, when I started doing that in my business life, I started to realize I'm ridiculous at people. Like I have an emotional quotient super high. Like when I turn around and look at the line of people that want to work in my business, the line's long. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a very much a cheerleader, so I'm always trying to drive. I'm an exhorter is what the Bible would say. I really push out someone's talents with inside of them to, to thrive in who they are. So I learned that about myself. And as the CEO of a company, I believe one of our most important jobs should be to acquire and continue to source talent to join our team. So great. Not only was I positioned as the leader of our company, one of my core strengths fits in line with what I think a CEO should do. Secondly, it just is what it is. Because I like people so much, I'm pretty good at at least the opening side of sales. I may not be a great closer, but I'm a great opener when it comes to sales. And those are my two things. And once I actually not only realized I'm good at those, but if you freed up the rest of my day and I only did those two things, I would go home immensely satisfied. Not, not to the point where I don't want more, right? I think, we, I think this lust of wanting more is real. I think it was built in us for a reason. We mm -hmm. want to continue to chase things. But satisfaction or, or feeling a, a sense of accomplishment there's that loss, that entrepreneurial gap that everyone talks about. Until you can figure some of that out, I don't know how the heck, other than by sheer luck or blessing because you're covered, how you build an organization that grows beyond you uh, in an effective way. And so that is, like, gosh, I hope if everything else breaks on this video and way here one thing, dive inside yourself, go on a journey, and go back to some of the people who are going to share that tough love with you and see if you're right. Like, see what they say. Man, I completely think that you're something better at this or that. And I've learned to ask my people. I've yeah. learned to ask prospects. I, 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 I don't need the validation. I want, I want to understand that my awareness um, is, is accurate. I think of Dan Sullivan's strategic coach. He calls it a unique ability. Um, and it's, you know, you're saying, and I, I would call it, you know, we're good at it. And, yeah. and a lot of times we're not really sure, particularly earlier in our business careers, you know, what we're best at. And, you know, and someone outside uh, can tell us, you know, the people that are closest to us, uh, both personally and professionally. And I always go back to, was it... Uh, uh, Curly, I'm forgetting the movie now. Um, um, oh, Three Stooges? No, oh. the, the one where uh, Curly, it's Western, oh, Billy Crystal in uh, the movie. Oh, yeah, 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 you only have to do, they're around the campfire in The Secret of Life. You only have to be good at one thing. And that unique ability, and if we take the time to be self-aware, usually that one thing we're really good at, we enjoy doing and boy if we can surround ourselves as you're saying Vinny with people who compliment that who really get all the other stuff off you know so that we can stay focused on it, that unique ability we can really be hugely successful and you know it took me a while to get to that point what am I good at and you know and so many of us as entrepreneurs when we get you know high energy we're passionate about what we're doing and we think we're really talented we can do everything <laughs>
And well, the other side of that, John, is, by the way, City Slickers is the name. City Slicker, thank you. And so one of the things I've also added to that arsenal is actually by voice claiming out loud to other people what I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. I actually believe that awareness of something that you're not good at is just in an insubordinate position. Claiming it allows you to do something about it. And so if you just leave it there rattling in your cage, it creates this position of insignificance, right? You're insubordinate or you're uh, just because I'm fat or old, you know, like if I know I'm fat and I don't say anything about it out loud, I'm probably not going to do anything about it. So when right. I started saying, because I get a lot of credit that our companies grow and they're wonderful. They got systems behind it. When people come in like, man, this thing runs so well. Well, guess what? I absolutely am terrible at creating process and systems. And I learned that very early. And I have at my hip at any time somebody who's amazing at that. And so it's only because I can say out loud to you. And people are like, oh, my gosh, we thought Vinny was great at that. I'm absolutely horrible. I, I have a motto. I can walk down a dirt road, but let's pave behind me as we go. And so someone else has to run the paving truck. It's just well, and the, the thing that I think that's so powerful, and I want to make sure I'm pretty sure you're doing this, but I want to call attention to it because what it is is it's admitting that you don't have that strength. But I, I think yeah. you take it a step further because you've got a great team. Is you acknowledge the teammate, the team for having it because it's so important. Because otherwise, they kind of still look at you. You know, you're the CEO, you're the visionary. Yep. Well, what should we do? Well, I don't know. You're the, you know, once you acknowledge that they're the person, you know, we're going to go this direction. You know, you and I can have kind of the big picture of what we want the business to look like. But I, I'll tell you, I'm not good at the nuance of systems. But when you have that going, I mean, it's just amazing. And your team, you know, you can bring in the team to do that. It's, you know, I love it. I have all these great people working with me to, to really build this phenomenal business. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I actually, it's a transfer of ownership you're talking about, right? So now someone else actually owns that piece of it. And I think it's wonderful, you know, because otherwise we get this like Jesus factor where everyone's like, let's wait for the pontification and then we'll, they all sit around. So, you know, I'll tell you, once I've claimed all the things I'm terrible at, which is a long list, uh, we, we really did start moving in a, in a, in a much stronger direction. Well, let's go. Well, yeah, we're, we're so busy on all this stuff. Vinny, and, and you have a concept of don't leave anything on the table. And it's not what most people think. You know, tell us what that means, because this is really what ties it all together. Because we're in business, not from our business. We're in business for a great quality of life. What's this table stuff we're talking about? Yeah, so, you know, probably from my sports background, you know, don't leave anything on the field, that kind of stuff. The, the idea of don't leave anything on the table probably comes because I, I wanted to make sure as the youngest that I got food to eat before <laughs> it was like, you know, I had to fight for it. But, uh, you know, I had a advice from a friend when I was busy with young kids. He said, why don't you be in a hurry to say yes to your kids? And as we were conditioning him to say, no, let's not do this, later on do this. I remember one day getting home in the throes of life, growing our first $100 million company. That sounds very arrogant, but true. Mm -hmm. And um, we, I was sitting at the kitchen table, our counter with my wife, and my son comes running in and says, Dad, can we go throw the football? And right there I had a decision to make. Do I just say yes and deal with it, or do I do the normal, hey, I need five minutes to unwind with your mother, and I'll get back to that, and da, da, da. And I made a decision to say yes. And we went out and chucked the football around. And I'll tell you, it set me on this journey of don't leave anything behind. 
Don't mm -hmm. leave anything on the table. And I'll tell you, live your day. There's no promise for tomorrow. I don't care whatever it is. Like, I, I don't do well with finger pointing for other people in my life. Like, take some accountability and just go for it. Don't wait for My thing I say to my children all the time is the, the enemy is perfection. The antidote is progress. And I want everyone to just go do it. And you're never, you never hear anyone regret trying. You hear people regret not trying. Nah, this is so good, uh, Vinny. And let me go to the next segment. I want to kind of bridge. And you're putting a lot of this advice together. And I have a segment we call the book of the day. And okay. I'm pulling up your website. And this is your first book. Uh, you know, the best investment. I love the title, the best investment a better you. I mean, the human capital that we all have is huge. But what would our uh, fellow entrepreneurs find in this book? Yeah, so we already have gifts that we didn't earn inside of us. We have value that the world deserves. And, and we just lack a vision of it. And, I, and this was a passion book where it, all these things came out of me. Sometimes I read it and go, where did I get that? That's amazing. And so uh, what where I'm trying to help you do is unlock that person that's already there so that you can spend the rest of your life using those valuable tools and gifts, helping other people. That is the basis of this. No, that's great. It, I mean, and it is a very powerful book, but you've been working and you were, uh, I'm going to pull up the image of the, the cover shot. And by the time we publish the podcast, you're going to be live with this. But you, you know, you didn't stop there. You, you would think you'd learn from the first book. You got the second book, the CEO mindset, how to break through the next level. And this is something you've been doing over and over again. And you know, share with us, um, you know, CEO to CEO. You know, what what's in there? Yeah. So. I, I want everyone to understand this concept. You can be a complete leader. You know, most entrepreneurs are either good at sales and or marketing, which is really just sales, and or product development. That's kind of like what we'll call the unique ability or superpower of most entrepreneurs. And we don't pay attention to the other core components of our business. And I really want to be, after figuring this out with 1,600 employees later and all these wonderful things and lots of revenue, I want to help people understand that you can be the complete leader of your business by having the proper mindset, building a world-class team around you that isn't hunting for unicorns. It's purposeful building that team around you uh, and understanding uh, the real numbers of your business. And so once I started understanding this, this book literally was like, once I was done with the first one, you thought it would have been a check the list, I'm done. Yeah. That was a passion book. And now I'm on this journey where I really want to help untrap entrepreneurs from this mindset of thinking that um, it's only going to go as far as I can take it. Um, and I think there's truth if you allow that to be what owns your business. And I know, Vinny, you know, I was there with you uh, at uh, Genius Net, uh, uh, Network Mastermind Group where you did the 10-minute uh, presentation and, you know, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, everybody was busy writing down all this. And it's something I'm passionate about because I'm a financial guy, number guy, and having fully accountable. And, you know, you have behind you uh, the fully accountable. Let me, uh, you know, this section is what we call resources. And what I want to do is I'm going to put up the screenshot of the, uh, your website, your company, Fully Accountable. Okay. 
And uh, this is, you know, back office solution. I was listening to it and, and I got to say, Vinny, there aren't, you know, there are very few. I, I have a, a, a number of businesses. I'm totally virtual global headquarters, my pool house. I have a virtual CFO uh, that I love to death. I mean, it's just nice. been phenomenal. And I don't think people really fully understand when you have the right team working with you uh you know how big a difference it can make both early and then later stage you know so tell us a little bit about how you got to this business and then what you're doing now cool yeah so this business was created to fix a major hole in my life i i i had a pretty large accounting department that was all historical based i'm amazing at growing gross revenue i i i know my ability to sell see a position of an idea i was just not that good at keeping it yeah, and it's so, very important what comes down to that bottom line. Yeah. We've learned <laughs> over yeah. time. And so I would put pilefuls in our bank account and I would watch it evaporate, not know where it was going. And I saw, I, I'll tell you, the solution was simple for us. I started with a dedicated person who was parked on our QuickBooks and then parked on our fancy little software, be it in our affiliate program or, or whatever other thing that reports information like a Facebook or Google or, or our affiliate program or our CRM. And the problem was those tools are great, but they never connected to our bank account. And so I literally made this young guy tie all those together. And literally we just started every day paying attention to those numbers. And it's what led us 10x our health company. And so a couple friends of mine were like, dude, how are you growing so fast? I'm like, I got rid of the losers and I'm riding the winners. Like, how do you even know what those are? I'm like, it, marketing becomes fun when it's all about math. And so that, that's what we did. And so now at, C, at, at Fully Accountable, we offer a complete integrated service. We're, you know, we're like, I consider ourselves an outsourced CFO service on, on Prozac because we offer a complete service. You know, most, like even your virtual CFO, I'm sure is great. It's kind of a one or two man shop. Once they have a couple engagements, they're done. We've built a tool and a resource that allows, we're trying to impact a thousand. Well, you didn't, you didn't do this early enough for me, uh, Vinny here. <laughs> so what's, what's unique about our business and what we're excited about, and we want every business to get a hold of this, it starts with knowing your real numbers. So we've had to fix a hole in the industry where operations and accounting don't communicate. And we just literally took advantage of APIs and spent a bunch of man hours figuring out how to connect those. And so now we offer integrated management reports that are real time. We have what well, we call a basically an on-demand accounting system where we can produce your P&L daily and your monthly report. And you, you don't have to manage a bank account to a tax return. You can run like a bigger business. And I think it was the small businesses have been ignored because we don't pay for those things. And so the way we solve it is go hire this great guy and leverage our payroll and then ask him to do everything. And so we've just figured out a way to make it very affordable for the price of less than even an admin in your company. We can be your entire accounting department and have an on-demand real-time reporting. And, and if you want, I can have your post up for you for the show. I, we have a, a digital version of some of those reports that you've seen that I want every company to have. And I want them to know their key metrics. And we've built scorecards and, and great dashboards and all these fancy eye candy things, it comes down to one simple fact. Our data analysts read those numbers and, 
and we talk about variances, fluctuations. So whether our company does this or you do it yourself, which by the way, if you're not doing it now, I don't recommend that as the solution. Somebody needs to read your numbers and report back the critical information. And that's quite honestly, we filled such a big need, John, that's why we're exploding. It's, it's, we, we haven't figured out a good sales message. We've just solved a gigantic hole of tying operations and accounting together. So you're looking at real math. Yeah, no, it's, it's so valuable. I, you know, and I, I just, I mean, you know, we do do the daily reports and we're fully yeah. integrated on all our stuff and so on. And, and, you know, I, I think the scalable business model, that's why I wanted to have you on is it's just so important because all the lessons you're learning, solving the problems for everyone, you become even more successful for every client. And that's, that's why, you know, when we have, you know, having a, just one CFO is kind of crazy, you know, with one yeah. business because boy, the lessons that you learn and with today's technology, the ability to scale this stuff up and the value of numbers for making decisions, no longer do we go, well, I feel like we should do this. No, it's, this is the end effect. You know, if you want more of this, you focus on that. If, if you want less of that, okay, let's get that rid of that. You know, if you want a futuristic idea, this is something I think I'm passionate about. I think the concept of the CFO as a full-time team member is going away. I think it's very virtual with today's technology. I think it's very accessible. You only need it four to six hours of your month. I think the real executive that needs to be discussed on the team is this hybrid between a COO and a CIO. We, mm -hmm. Information is so critical today that having some type of data engineer around is probably gonna be far more critical than what we historically have thought of as a finance officer. I believe that's one of the core premises of why we believe you could virtualize this part of your business because I think the actual operation of your company, there are other executives that I think require the payroll resource more than the finance. No, I, I totally agree. I'm doing some work with some PhDs on predictive analytics because with as you get all this data, now, you know, boy, how do you use it? And you, when you start using it, it's just amazing. I mean, we have a database of about 400,000 in our financial advisor business, and we've been able to use predictive analytics to identify those 15,000 that don't know us yet who have a high likelihood of predisposition to work with us. I mean, Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. So, you know, business is evolving very quickly. Let me go to the last segment here where, yeah. I, which is key takeaways. And let me, you know, Vinny, this, this has been uh, really powerful. And let me just summarize, you know, some of the key takeaways in the notes that I've taken. Number one, seeking mentorship. I mean, Vinny, you know, really did it elegantly and, and certainly, I, Almost every business I've had, that's been one of the key things. Uh, speed kills. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many things you've killed along the way, Vinny, but I've killed a few this way. And, and you know, be thoughtful. Take some time. You know, we're, we're on this long journey together. Uh, you know, the world isn't a, full of abundance, that oyster, as Vinny was talking about. But, you know, make sure that, hell no, you've got some kind of filler if it's not you, someone on your team, people close to you, self-awareness, 
you know, take the time to really do an assessment of yourself and what is that unique ability, that super strength you have. I and mean, the last thing you want to do is work on your career on weaknesses and, you know, finish it with strong weaknesses. Surround yourself with great people. And, you know, this is one, you know, people are not a cost center. They're an investment. And, and very quickly they can scale up if you let them. You bring in the right people. And I really love the don't leave anything on the table. I mean, you know, this is all about we're building businesses to have great quality of life. I mean, the number of divorces, families, uh, as business owners that we have, I, I, you know, I've got a great wife of 36 years now. And, and yeah, no, and I mean, geez, there are some dark moments everybody has. If you, you don't have that support network, network you know the family and spend the time critical and then uh, you know i love the idea of the virtual cfo uh you know been using it for the last 14 years and i'm great to see somebody really scaling it up Vinny, again thank you and i'm going to encourage everybody to go to aes nation we'll have all the links of everything we talked about there there'll be a full transcript go through a lot of value here and take it remember you don't have to execute immediately but I'm going to say, read it, set aside for three weeks, come back. What should be that improvement? Don't tell your team you're going to change. You're going to improve it, make it even better together. Love it. And uh, you're, you know, your team is counting on you. Your family's counting on you. Your clients are counting on you. And all those future clients make a difference. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional remarkable breakthroughs aesnation.com